episode number 351. So someone who joins, even if they have no clue about alternative lending, lending, financing, they haven't sold anything in their lives, they can still go through training. And we have many people within their first 30 to 45 days, they match the income they were making from their job. Welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis and Hoff, where we talk about life, dreams, social media, and business. Well, hello, and welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis and Hoff. Folks, you know your boy is always fired up, ready to bring you a little fuego in your day, night, weekends, whenever you're listening to the show. Uh, but after this show, I think you're going to think about a new form of business. And this is a home-based type of business. One of my favorite types of business is a, is a home-based type of business. As we know, after the crazy 2020, we can do anything from anywhere. And so uh, the beauty of having home is that, you know, rent control, things like that. And also the, the, the fact that you can actually scale these things quickly, but you're doing this in a platform uh, at scale for entrepreneurs across the globe. Mr. Oz Konar. Oz, are you ready to be real? Ready to go, man. I don't know if I can match up to your energy, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Let's go, baby. I know you can. Um, so just a little bit more in, in, uh, insight about Mr. Oz. Uh, he's the founder uh, at the Business Lending Blueprint. And uh, it's helping you start your own home-based business in a $300 billion industry. That's the lending, business lending. And we'll get into kind of more of the uh, the details behind that. But you yourself are a passionate entrepreneur that's uh had a few multiple uh, figure businesses uh, along the way. And, and now you're helping basically people do that at scale. And uh, dude, tell me this, when you were going back and taking me back into your early days, um, were you always interested in business? Were you always interested in uh, selling, buying things, doing stuff like that? I, I was at age seven. That's when nice. Yeah. And I didn't know it was a business back then. I just wanted to help people and they started paying me. When I, when I was just passing around water to people in the flea market, uh, Got you. it was just smeltering hot. You know, it's an open markets and they, they were, there's no bottled waters back then, right? Right. And my house was nearby. So I just grabbed a pitcher and glass and, you know, just wanted to be a good kid, I guess, right? Then, you know, soon enough, people started paying me money for that. I'm like, that's wow. interesting. So they started giving me change. And then it didn't turn into a business because I didn't know enough and my family didn't know enough. But it kind of, I think, planted the seed in my mind that, hey, this is interesting. So if you help somebody solve a problem, they pay you for that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so after college, that uh, I was reminded once again when I was in a depressive state of mind, I didn't know what to do with myself. I said, why don't I just go to flea market and sell stuff, right? Out of nowhere. My parents are like, um, yeah, you might want to just think about that because you're like a double major in biology and chemistry. You're like a pre-medical yeah, yeah, student. You got accepted. Yeah, I said, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to go to flea markets. So you can imagine the shock they went through. Right. <laughs> They're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> What's going on? No, no Mr. Haas, no. <laughs> then I went to the flea market on my first day, made $900 cash. I'm like, whoa, this is Christmas. Then it just brought me back that passion. That depression was gone. I was feeling great about myself. That's when I noticed that, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I got to be in business. This is called business, I guess, right? right so right. that's, you know, uh, quite haphazardly, but it just it kind of things fell into place once I decided that I'll just do what I want to do, you know? And did, uh, was there a certain type of product that you were selling with that first 900 bucks? Because that's important that, uh, to have that validation, as, as everyone knows. The first sale, the first dollar, yeah. $1 to $100,000, whatever it is, uh, it's very important to then solidify the, the next sale. 
you know? Absolutely. So I didn't have money. I didn't have a car. So I borrowed $300 from my mom. I borrowed my dad's minivan and I drove to New York City and bought belts, leather belts. Belts, got and, you. Um, and I brought it to the flea market. I was selling it for two, for two for five, like real cheap. And I had like literally 60, 70 people around my little tent and everything was gone within two, three hours. I 3X my money, spent wow. $300, made $900, came back home. And the family's in shock because in their mind, they're like, all right, this kid doesn't know what he's doing. Let's give him some money and let, let him figure it out. When I came back with the best ROI, they're like, all right, so what do you want to do? I said, I'm going back tomorrow to buy more supplies. Go buy $900 with those more, more bells, baby. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. So then was, was it a daily flea market or was it something you had to go every week or something like that? I was still in school, so I, I could only do it over the weekends. So gotcha. I started out with belts, then I started selling sunglasses, I started selling bags, I started selling women's underwear, whatever you can think of. Like I, I did, it, it made so much money. Uh, it's, a lot of my friends were working six days a week. I was you know, making probably two to $3,000 over the weekend. Um, Absolutely, because so, because the sales are ready to buy that day. I mean, that's when people come to these flea markets. They aren't ready to just sit around. They're ready to shop, right? I mean, yeah, they come out of their homes, dress up, and just walk around, and they come to you. So that was like the perfect environment. It just made so much business sense. Wait, I said they come to me and they're ready to buy. All I have to do is just put them in a bag and five, ten dollars, and all day long. That was an amazing concept. I made so much money through that. That 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 solidified that belief in business. Hey, I need to be in business because I got the gratification really, really fast, right? So you buy a product the day before, you show up to the flea market, they just pay the money, you make three X on it. Great. I think anyone would be so passionate about business under those conditions. Right, I mean, that is a, an ideal situation. Let's just yeah, be real. that doesn't happen usually. No, that doesn't yeah, really work that way all the usually time. sometimes you might buy a few things and they don't sell or, you know, sometimes like uh, things like that. Let's just be real in, 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 in uh, an inventory-based business. Um, not everything sells through. But you were having that hot streak. You just knew what was selling and and, uh, and you went with it. But then, the, so scale that up to today, my man. Um, talk to us about what you are doing with the business lending blueprint. I love this sure. idea. I love this. I love this. I like the name too. Thank you. Yeah, that flea market business failed, by the way, just to put some perspective. So as I had more, like you said, inventory and all that stuff, we decided to pay off some debt and buy some car and whatever we needed. So we started eating away uh, from our profit. Then soon enough, I was in a position not to buy more stuff. And I got bored. I was young. I spent the money. Then the business went down. So that's the, you know, you, you, you hear the good. I want people to hear the bad too. So that was a failed business. Uh, and then uh, I started, I went into corporate. I said, listen, I don't really have much skill set. So I have to have jobs, I guess. I got a sales job, broke my way through the corporate, made a decent amount of money. Then decided that this is not for me. I want to start my own business. I started a marketing agency, helping people in the financial services industry generate leads. That was my connection to the lending industry. Then I noticed that, hey, as a salesperson, I used to sell these products and these financing companies have no clue how to market. This is ridiculous. And I was dealing with companies in New York City, Wall Street, with like 70 employees, and they would still do direct mail for marketing. And it was mind-boggling to me. I'm like, do you, what's your... like? conversion rate they're like oh we don't know uh well, how much money do you make out of this they're like we don't know we make some money so there was no tracking they don't understand and who was designing the letters some company was designing the same letter for 20 other companies so everyone was getting the boilerplate letter out in the uh, in mail and it just sounded so wrong and i started putting together like daily trainings for that i'm showing them how to do marketing and lending industry 
this was like one-on-one -on -one. and I ran out of time. This, it just happens that way when you're doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, there's always a ceiling. Just and I so many people you can't talk to every day. Uh, yeah. Time. And they get mad because they want you in the office that day, training their staff and all that. I started charging more and more. I, I got it to a point that I was charging $25,000 per day. But even that is just, I didn't have any time and I was traveling back and forth. And so what if I told people, what if I record this and give it to you for like thousand dollars? Well, does that be okay? They're like, yeah, that'd be fine. So I had a small email list and I did an email blast saying that, Hey guys, what I've done is I put together the best I know as, a, as in the formal training. If you guys are interested, here's an email blast. And after the email blast, I took off and went on vacation. I didn't check my email for two days. People were freaking out because 38 people bought it. Uh, and I didn't think that anyone was going to buy it. Right, and right. I came back and dealt with the login difficulties and people not having access. That's when it clicked that, well, all right, we, we got something here. These people need the training. They, they have the money to lend and the brokers are willing to work with the lenders to make a lot of money, but no one has a guidance. They don't have the blueprint. Then we have the business lending blueprint created at that point. And since then we helped over 3000 people quit their jobs and start this business, become a business uh, loan broker, become a lender and everything in between. So they actually from their house can help, uh, help people, help people uh, with their, if it's refinancing, get a new home, right. et cetera. Um, and then you help them uh, get training and get the certifications and stuff like that as well then? There is no certification needed in our industry specifically. Oh, okay. So if you're doing bank loans, you need a license, you need certification, all that stuff. We're in the alternative lending industry, which gotcha. is alternative to the banks. That's why the, the, where the name comes from. So banks, they, they, do, they decline more than 85% of the small business loan applications. So if you're a small business, I mean, good luck getting a loan from a bank, a traditional right. bank, right? That's Absolutely. where we come into play and we can lend people based on, even if they have bad credit, low credit, no credit, revenue, no revenue, there are different options for each one of those buckets. And we train our brokers on that. So they become very consultative uh, individuals. They help business owners who are really not informed on their options. If you just walk into any strip mall and ask them how they would get access to capital. Right. I would say most people would just say, I don't know, I'm just going to walk into my, uh, you know, TV bank, bank PNC yeah. bank, you know, Wells Fargo. They don't know the options. That's why what we're doing is, you know, exploding this entire industry because both the brokers are trained. They're also training the business owners that they know what they need and what they're capable of getting, you know? Are there types of businesses that you guys really synergize with? Are there types of industries you guys synergize with on the, any service industry uh, is, is, you know, is a great fit. Construction, restaurants, any major industries out there who make revenue from selling their services or products. Honestly, 99% of the industries are, are okay with what we do, even like software companies. Very few, probably four or five of them. And those industries are kind of borderline gray, uh, illegal type of thing. And so we don't you know, uh, lend to those industries. Our, our lenders do not lend. Other than that, it's a massive opportunity. Like even the people who do not own a business, let's say somebody wants to start a business. I read statistics, uh, I think in Forbes, that 75% of the people in the United States, adults, at some point thought about starting their own business. Um, and a lot of them did not do it because, well, why? Because they didn't have the money, right? Um, so we provide startup capital through our brokers as well. Typically, what is the what is the size? I know everything's different, right? I'm sure based on the business, based on what sure. their needs are. But typically, what's the size of the businesses that are loaning from you? 
are really small mom and pop. So their needs are usually $20,000 to $100,000 in funding. Right. They're doing 30 to 50K, sometimes 100K a month. So a million to 2 million, sometimes less than that. And obviously startups, they have no revenue because they have an idea they want to start, I don't know, like a bagel shop. And all they need, they don't need Silicon Valley type of money. That right. They don't need Shark Tank money. They just right. need $20,000 to buy a fridge or buy a grill or something like that. And you know, most people do not have a friend who will be like, hey, Travis, can you just give me 20K? 20K I'll pay you yeah. back whenever I make money, right? The answer is usually no. So they need small amounts, relatively small amounts like that that we help them out. So that's good too for you guys. So it's a safer loan as well as far as the uh, the utility of the loans going to buy a grill or something like that. You're not right. just writing a blank check for $10 million and I don't know what the <laughs> hell they're going to buy here. Uh, but uh, but good luck. We hope we get your money back, uh, you know. Uh, you know, those days, I think I'm obviously, you know, if they did 10 million, they got to have some serious dough flowing through the business, obviously, uh, yeah. because things have gotten, you know, important to show that you have a real business or a good idea, et cetera, or that you as an entrepreneur, if you're starting a new business, have some collateral equity house, uh, stock, something that, uh, to, to put up if you want to call on the deal. Uh, but that's, a, it's a great point because I think a lot of times business owners, you're right. I mean, I think they sell out their equity too soon. Yeah. And you see it on many deals. I mean, obviously, sometimes you got to sell equity. You got to sell it because the timing's right, uh, the money's right, et cetera. You need to get to that next level. Um, but many times, you just need to take a loan. You just need the capital and you're, you need to basically cash flow it back. Um, uh, and sometimes, like I said, I think a lot of times with businesses, they, they don't think about that. They don't think about the alternative uh, ways of, of financing uh, that are out there. You know, so that you don't know what you don't know, right? A lot of people think when they got when they get stuck, they're like, I, I need a partner. And sometimes you question, why do you need a partner? Like, what well, partners need to complement each other, right? If right. you and I have the same skill set, we probably make horrible partners. Absolutely. Um, uh, so they don't they think that's an easy way out to get money, but you never want to get a partner just so you can get some money unless you're getting a passive investor and you have this trillion dollar idea, right? So people, that's why these partnerships fall apart almost all the time because they just did the partnership because Travis had the money. I didn't have the money. All right, let's partner up. And that was the only motivation. Now I take, tra take Travis money and now he's like, all right, dude, you got my money. What do we do now? And that's uh, for small business. It's very difficult because the small business owner doesn't understand the ROI a lot of times, the profitability, they don't have a business plan. So it's, in most cases, it's just a lot easier to get a loan if you want to be a lone wolf and go build your business and all you need is 20, 30K. So you don't really need to cut your business in half or a big portion of it and give it to somebody else that you haven't really done your due diligence on their skill set just so you can start a business, right? It's really, you're starting on the wrong foot, at least for most people. Yeah, the wolves smell that blood or the sh sharks smell the blood in the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, it's easy for them to not only give you a great, you, you're so desperate that you don't think of the business long term. Yeah. And uh, and like you said, you know, if you take a loan, you're just going to pay it back over time. And the, obviously the person that makes the loan has to get paid the interest oh. on the money. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, but you as the business owner, keep the equity and retention of the business instead of giving mm -hmm. a shit ton away. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, at the wrong time because you just need the capital, you know? And so it's now's the, I think a great time to, if you are in a business and you haven't even thinking about taking a loan, um, even if you don't need the loan or need the money, I always remember Tillman Fertitta. It was a really successful entrepreneur. He's got lots of businesses. And I know he's been affected by the pandemic, but he owns like the Houston Rockets and the mm. Golden Nugget. And he owns uh, the, the Rainbow Cafes and the, he owns like 
15 or 20 different restaurants, uh, bubble gump shrimp and, you know, wow. a lot of different brands, big, big, big time entrepreneur. He always said in his book, uh, you know, you always kind of want to have that capital at hand, even in during, uh, when times are basically, if you don't need it, even if you don't need the money, take it now. And, uh, so I think it's a good time if you're a business that hasn't, hasn't needed the money. Um, it's also just a really, a really good time to take some capital to just have and pad your balance sheet wow. as well as, uh, maybe to be able to do some things that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise and uh, buy some technology or, you know, things yeah. that you can do in business now that uh, you might just need a little bit of capital, but it really can help the efficiency or, you know, et cetera. And, and like you said, these bottlenecks sometimes are just 20 grand. Sometimes it's not a lot of money. It's just yeah. 20 grand that just you can't get from a friend or family and, uh, and the business itself doesn't have that uh, sitting there. Uh, outside of kind of the flow, you know, you see that kind of yeah. off the times like the 30, 50 grand kind of is just constantly flowing in the business and they don't got 20 to just go, Oh, here's that. Um, uh, so I love this idea. I mean, I think it's a really great idea. So then tell me about the training aspect of it. Tell me about the training aspect of the business then. Yeah. Most people come to us when they have a full-time job, right? So they always have this dream of quitting their job and doing their own thing, but either they couldn't find the right vehicle or they couldn't find the right mentor. So we deal with people who already bought into the idea that they want a blueprint. If someone says, you know what, I can Google this stuff and figure it out on my own. I'm like, go do it. Right. Let us know how you do it. It's not that you can't do it. I've built businesses that way. It is basically based on trial and error, right? It just takes a long time. Can you figure it out? Sure. We're smart enough. We can, if you push something hard enough, you're going to break something, right? So that's just how it works. But does it have to be that way, right? So that's how we talk about our training. So I, we don't teach something that I haven't done myself. We haven't done. We've been doing this for like a decade and, and then we're in the lending and marketing industry. So it just makes people's job a lot easier. So someone who joins, even if they have no clue about alternative lending, lending, financing, they haven't sold anything in their lives, they can still go through training. And we have many people within their first 30 to 45 days, they match the income they were making from their job. Let's say they had a job that, you know, they were draining their energy and time and costing 40, 50 hours a week and making them 5K. Well, we'll just two deals a month, you can make 5K, so you can get rid of that job. So you have all this time, either do this business part-time or give it your all and increase it to 30, 40, 50K. And we even have people who built at the seven-figure level. So you and I know that the, the value of coaching and mentorship, right, just makes things a lot easier than you being hard-headed and trying to do it all yourself. Uh, and if you're that person, we disqualify a lot of those, right? Those who say that, you know what, I'm the type of guy or girl just, do it all myself. I don't, I don't, I don't pay for training or coach. And we're like, awesome. Good for you. Go do that then. So we don't want you. Right. But anyone else you got, I, I had a corporate job. I know what it feels like. So even though you do make end up making the money, you know, that at some point they can just push you out. If they push you out at the wrong time, I watched my, um, you know, the people that I, the person I looked up to, it was at age 55 approaching 60 and he was the highest earner at our company, they just let him go, right? So when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're like, whatever, I'll go find another job. But as you get older, that becomes difficult to find a job at that same level, right? Because people look at you, companies look at you as, oh, this person is close to retirement, it costs me so much, I can probably hire Travis who can do the same work for $50,000, right? Um, so then it's, 
you're getting reaching that point in your life that things become really, really difficult at a point that you never thought it would be. You thought it would be all fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about controlling your financial destiny, whether you do it through our training or somebody else, it doesn't really matter. But what's the plan? Like, what, what, how are you going to get through this? Life is not that easy, right? It's fun and games, but you got to take care of your finances. And even if you do nothing in our training, if you learn about the finance, like how the financing world works, lending works, I think I was reading an article that people pay in their lifetime in the United States $150,000 more on interest than somebody with great credit. So average person has not, they have bad credit, right? And they go, oh, whatever, it doesn't affect me. Well, no, it does. You're paying a lot more for things that you're going to pay anyways. And then in your lifetime, it adds $150,000 to $200,000. Even if you learn not to do that and not even build a business, there you go, right? So training, we can talk about the specifics of training, but I I just want to give like a broad example of why someone with that right mindset needs to look at getting the training, the mentorship, using the right model versus just trying to do all of that on on their own, you know? Yeah. Having that coach in your corner is uh, definitely the fastest way to success. Like you said, it's not for everybody and and, and the vibe is uh, mutual for you too. You know, if you feel like the vibe is not right for you, go find your own way, you know? Uh, But let's just be real. If you don't got your finances right in your business or in your regular life, and they kind of correlate, right? Like if you're an entrepreneur that just blows hell of money uh, in your business, uh, you're going to need to have a problem because you're going to constantly be tapping into the business for extra money versus the entrepreneur that lives more humbly and the business can kind of survive on its own because the business owner is not tapping into that. Um, you kind of see that time and time again, whether it's on a restaurant show or whatever, you kind of see, oh, those restaurants got like $8,000 of personal bills in this thing. You know, no wonder it's not making any money oh, because you got the Ferrari and the, you know, blah, 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 written off into the business. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's a very, but it's very important. It's so important because the business will not last without this baby, without this baby, keeping going, baby. It will not last. It will die. Uh, if you, if you lose the cash flow. and, uh, but I love this, man. I love this. I love this. Now we're about to take you into our top 10. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go. Apple or Android? Android. Android. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. YouTube. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. Instagram. Do you have a personal Instagram? Yeah. Give your Instagram a shout out so we can uh, have our folks follow you. Yeah. Oz Konar. My Oz Konar. We'll put that in the show notes, guys. I like that. Uh, and if you're thinking about a good meal, chicken or steak? Steak. Steak. Laptop or smartphone? Laptop. Laptop. Spotify or Pandora? Not neither. I don't either. Movies or video games? Movies. Movies. Reading books or listening to books? Uh, Reading books for sure. Reading books. Get that physical. And if you're thinking about diversification, stocks or real estate? Real estate. Real estate and a vacation because you deserve it, my man, Mr. Oz. Uh, where are you going to go? Ocean or a lake? Where are you going to go? Right, if we got ocean. to hop on an ocean, what ocean would you like to go to today? Mm, Pacific. Pacific Ocean. And you deserve it, my brother. Come on, us out here in the Pacific. You deserve San Diego or Hawaii yeah. or somewhere beautiful, my man. You deserve it. I've been to San Diego. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. freaking San Diego is Beautiful. Muy beautiful. Uh, and when you're waking up in your day, my man, and you're getting yourself ready, pumped, energized for your day, uh, why do you love being you? Because I can help people change their story. Love that. 
it's a power hunt. It feels like a, 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 I guess a, I can help businesses make more money based on some of his strategies he knew in funneling and technology and digital, kind of the same way you were talking about when businesses don't know where the hell they're doing with the direct mail or their leads wow. or their, and, and so you can instantly come in and say, hey, you're spending $300 million in digital and, uh, or direct mail and you don't know what the hell you're doing with it or you're spending X, Y. It doesn't have to be a big number, but whatever it is. And then you can pinpoint it and obviously make it better. But then you also know all the financing, business strategy, loan things that you can do, uh, ways that you can extend the you know capital to the business. Uh, like we said, to stay alive. So this is this is all it is. If the business doesn't have this, it doesn't stay alive. It doesn't matter if you're a hospital, bank, uh, Facebook, Amazon. If Amazon's not getting orders and and AWS, everyone cancels AWS. That's if this it. thing dries up, baby, to Amazon, yeah. it's not the same. It ain't the I'm same. I'm reading a report from, from an investor group that I belong to, and they, they were talking about different companies who get valued at $1 trillion right now, where Facebook just became one of them, right? Yes. We're going through a Facebook finance. One thing that grabbed my attention is that Facebook has $56 billion in cash in their bank account. A shit ton of cash. Just Oh, a ton, all right? Ton and they, this is while they're going through massive rounds of hiring. They're hiring hundreds of people because they got in trouble with the government through privacy and all that stuff. They're trying to make absolutely data. They got all sorts of different privacy on yeah, data so ads. Companies worth a trillion dollars. They still want to be on the safe side. They have fifty-six billion dollars cash sitting in the bank account, right? While the average person thinks that, well, I got to just keep investing everything I got. If I stays in my bank account, I spend it. You right. got to build a discipline, man. Like it doesn't work that way, right? So when you're true. a business, like you said, even if you don't need the money right now, the money is going to be always more, it's going to be always more expensive when you need it. So try to get the money when you do not need it or save when you do not need it. If the money is coming right now through your business, know that it could be temporary. So if you just, if it comes from one end and goes out from the other end, just you got, I think it's important that we build a culture of helping businesses regardless of their size to build the disciplines that these big companies have. So you would think Facebook, I mean, when you, when you think of Facebook, you would think they don't, they don't need money. They have more than, more than enough, but you, they still keep mil- billions of dollars in the bank account. Warren, That's Buffett. Really, really, Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway, over $100 billion in cash on a $500 billion evaluation company over maybe 15, 20% in cash. And, and this is an investment company. This is, this is, he, he tells you you need to be putting all your money in S&P index if you don't know, or if it's not with Berkshire. Yet he himself has a 15% to 20%, $100 billion. So when things get tough and people need cash, you know what he's going to be doing. You know what my man's going to be doing? He's going to be making some deals with that money. He did it back in 2008, 2009. He made some crazy money with his warrants and all sorts of things that he did with, with having the capital. Uh, and so you're right. I mean, having it when, when it's, when it's uh, even when you're doing good, but especially even if you're doing bad, don't just let your business die. If you believe in the business, if you know that it can just take a little loan and some hard work. And sometimes I also say with that money, you might need to pivot. You know, um, I know with our business, we pivoted a little bit into the sports card industry in 2019 mm-hmm. and uh, from social media, like literally a social media agency, and then all of a sudden, I kept watching up Gary Vee videos. I kept looking at my collection. I was like, I got to learn this thing. And I started just putting a little investment, started getting some cards graded, putting them in PSA slabs, you know, figuring out my eBay store. And, uh, and to where that is a, literally a, a nice chunk of our revenue. Now, as our corporation, because we took that pivot and we hit it a good time too. The two, we didn't know 2020 was going to happen, but the market was kind of already going. And then uh, 
taking some of a little bit of capital we had and putting it to have inventory and things like that was a smart move for us because uh, now we literally have money coming in daily from multiple places instead mm. of just the social media business, which obviously has a lovely, great business, customers, a lot of hard work there, uh, still developing new business. But having a successful sports car business in concurrent, it's just two multiple streams of revenue, uh, you know, if you, if you can still do it. And, uh, and like I said, we just did it because the pivot said, hey, dude, this, is, this looks like it's going to take off. And uh, let's just put a little bit of capital. And I also did have the blessing of having some cards, guys. So I already had some of the Kobe Bryant's and the cards that you needed to, nice. to, uh, to submit to PSA, if you want to call it and get graded. But it's just sometimes you got to take that pivot, too, I think. That's yeah, it. Travis, you had it, but you knew how to utilize it, right? So people might not have cards, but I'm sure they have some things they something. can pivot, right? So if someone who's at age 40, they've lived certain things. Like I always, some people ask me that question. Oh, I'm in the lending industry. What industry should I focus in? Well, how do I niche down? I'm like, go back to experiences. What have you done for the past 40 years? Who did you work? What industry have you focused on? What hobbies do you have? Like do you right. play computer games? So it doesn't have to be what you and I did, but people, when we get stuck at a business and you feel like, gosh, something bad is about to happen or it has already happened, Use the money to pivot to something else. So try to have multiple directions that you can go to. So you that's what you had. And it Absolutely. was the perfect time you pivoted to that. And Absolutely. I think that's a great advice for someone else who might be suffering in their business and they're looking at the same thing saying, I got to make this work. Well, maybe not. Maybe just there is something that's just so parallel to it that you're not seeing right now. Right. Just keep a broader horizon, you know? Yeah, my social media business in 2020 went like this. Oh. And my other social media, my sports car business went like like that. Yeah. Uh, like crypto type of, type of returns. Uh, just because it was literally the right time and place. And who, who, who would have known? Uh, and uh, obviously social media, the, the, any type of service-based advertising agencies, marketing agencies took a big lick with customers oh. being out of business and, and, uh, and everything being shooken up. But we're going to rally back and that business will still be strong. And, and it's a service-based business. It's, it's got a good customer base. But like I said, sometimes you have to literally take a pivot. And, and sometimes you can just create a concurrent business to your business. You don't have to shut the whole thing down. Just say, hey, if I'm doing dry cleaning, I'm going to do uh, uh, something else that's just not in dry cleaning. Something different, different customers that don't correlate. People that buy sports cars do not buy social media campaigns. They're, they're, I mean, maybe they are. There's a few business owners we've dealt with, but typically it's just regular fans of cards you know a lot of females buy sports cars so interesting thing that i've experienced and uh but i like going back to what we said mr oz is hey take that capital right now guys it's the time the time is right now do you think you'll ever retire from the game of entrepreneurship training marketing helping people it's like it will be retiring from your passion man that's really tough to retire if you look at it as a job you'll want to retire but how do you retire from something that you love doing every single day obviously I'll do, do I'll, I will do different things, but I think I'm kind of obsessed with entrepreneurship and uh, obsession is a good thing. It's, it's not it's always a oh, health yeah. problem, right? People want to be good at everything. That's usually not how you succeed at something. You want to be so obsessed at something that you even forget to eat sometimes, right? So that's what I am when it comes to running my business and you know focusing on how to help others succeed at their business. Will I ever retire out of that? I, I doubt it. I'll be involved at some level, at some capacity. Absolutely. Because that would be cutting my livelihood pretty much to take me away from that and it kills my creativity and all that stuff. So certain things you can't retire, and especially that retirement mindset is so like, you know, it's, it's, it's an employee mindset, 
right? Absolutely, it is. Employees do not like their job. They're looking forward to their five Just five p.m. Monday through Friday. And I tell my members too, like you got to stop thinking like an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship, there's no Monday through Friday. Maybe you do Tuesday through Sunday Friday. through Sunday, baby. <laughs> so you got to change that perception. So for that reason, I don't even think about retirement. I don't even know what that means for me. You know. I love that. I, it's very true. I do notice that after interviewing about 375 entrepreneurs, some people that are coming on representing like CEO or marketing officers or things inside the company. And then a lot of entrepreneurs themselves, obviously. And it's always the entrepreneurs that uh, never really want to retire. You know, it's like you, it's like they, why, the capacity is going to change. Let's just be of real. Yeah, but huge. we're always going to be in that game, baby. We're always going to be in that game. Do you have a, a strategy or routine on starting your day? Um, yeah, 20-minute meditation. Oh, nice. And don't touch social media until noon. Oh, nice. I like that. No no social till noon. No, I like just, that. Just focus because how you start your day is, you know, how, you know, how you start your day will, will decide how you finish your day. And how you finish your day will decide how you finish your week. And that turns into months and years, right? Absolutely. Um, so, and we have the most amount of mental energy in the morning because right. we only have so much mental energy, just like physical energy throughout the day. So right. if you need to check on social media, your friends will be fine, man. They're not going to go anywhere. Absolutely. I said, do it later in the day. But when you're the sharpest, you want to focus on what matters most. Like swiping and scrolling all morning is not going to help you with your life, with your business, with your relationship. So I'm not anti-social. I'm like, the why in the morning, like people wake up and grab their phone while they're in bed and they're trying to check what happened. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Nothing happened. The world is still in one piece. Uh, just focus on what you need to prioritize. Prioritize. So clear your mind. Do like a twenty-minute meditation. Even if you you don't know what you're doing, just shut off everything and sit for twenty minutes. Like right. if you don't know how to meditate, you don't need to be an expert meditationist. Uh, you know, just be sit quiet. There. Just be quiet. Just just, just be really quiet. Just quiet your senses. Quiet your mind. I guarantee you, if you do that for like a month, you'll figure out how to meditate and you'll be happy. And the second thing is don't touch social media. I keep it simple. I like, no, that's a really good point. And also it gives you that, uh, you know, that snack, if you want to call it to enjoy at lunchtime, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like you get to enjoy something, something to look forward to, make it part of your your day uh, to look forward to, have some lunch, check on social, see how everyone's doing. It's kind of cool. And then get back to the grind because it's so true. Don't be touching the damn devices, man. No. Uh, it's, they it's, control us so much that it's not even funny anymore, right? So people, they, they're, it's not, people, people say, I'm obsessed. No, no, you're addicted. That's, the, that's different. Absolutely. That's different, right? You're not accomplishing anything. You're just checking stuff, killing time. And that's like the most precious time, especially in the morning, right? You can do so much stuff. You get yourself ahead of the competition if you're in a competitive situation. You can say you have a job and you want to transition away from it. Spend, if you have that time, if you have the time to check your phone, you got time to do other things, man. Like no one can give me the excuse that I'm too busy to build a business because of X, Y, Z. No, no, you're not. Like you can't carve out a day. If I pull your phone away from you and check the stats, I can, I can see that you were not as busy, you know? <laughs> it's for sure. It's for sure. And these dings and pings and notifications, uh, there's a whole book, Indistractable, about just basically all the, mm -hmm. the, the strategies they use. And then he kind of life hacks how you can basically use things to avoid all distractions, you know, shut off all the notifications from your yeah. apps, things that are just somewhat simple. Um, but I love that, man. Don't check the social till noon. Uh, is there a skill that you're trying to master or get better at right now? Is there something you're trying to, you know, perfect or work at? Yeah, always human psychology. I always oh nice. Yeah, philosophy. You know, different. Nice. Do you read books on that, or how do you uh, hone the tip? I'm a big reader. Uh, for example, one thing I recommend is psychocybernetics. 
It's a Ooh. famous book. Um, it's a book by a plastic surgeon on self-image. Um, so when he became a doctor, he thought his mission was to make people look better, right? And he bought inside out. And he noticed that people came to him and they thought there was something wrong with their either I have a bigger nose and this and that. And after he fixed that problem, he noticed that their self-image didn't change. Yes. He said, wow, okay, so this is not superficial. This is just an excuse oh. for them to run away from what's bothering them, right? So people might, someone might be an introvert, but they're saying that I can't go in public with this face. Like it's got to be fixed. And he fixed it. He noticed that and he turned it into like coaching sessions with, their, with his clients. If someone came to him and said, make me beautiful, he would just dig deeper into why that's the case, why they don't really need a surgery. And he shared his wisdom on, on human mindset and self-image and how we perceive ourselves and why that's really not the best way to think about ourselves and how to mm -hmm. fix that. So it's an amazing book and it's very applicable to what I do every day because I deal with, uh, you know, our members uh, certain reasons why they can't build a business and either you can be like sure Travis no problem man you'll be fine or be like tell me more about it why why do you think that's the case and right. because we're so used to wearing masks right because we don't just want to share our vulnerabilities we don't really tell the truth and that doesn't happen on purpose so mm -hmm. as a coach as a mentor we got to be okay to peel uh, you know the layers to find the real reason that's the only way you can help somebody otherwise we can high five and say you're doing you're going to do great Pat in the back, go get him, Tiger, but it won't solve the problem. <laughs> Nothing happens. Nothing happens in that model. I like that. You got you to gotta peel the onion, baby. Uh, but that's, it's, that's a fascinating point because I already, always even see with my little brother who's super high, like not, not to the level of like doing steroids and going crazy, but really physically fit, pushed himself, done competitions and all that shit, and he's still never happy. And a lot of the guys in, the, in that industry are never happy because there's always going to be someone bigger, faster, stronger, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it, it comes a lot back to that. It's just, it's just your own mindset about who you are. And I wish more of the uh, medical, especially in the cosmetic do uh, doctors, because, man, these girls are 20 years old with lips looking like 60-year-olds uh, and looking, they look horrible, and there's 20. And it's not going to be good for them, but it's a, it's a money grab. Let's just be real. Like each injection you get, it costs money. Every right. single, you got to keep getting injections. You got to keep getting things. So it's a money grab and you wish that they could uh, take the, the model of like, like the gentleman you described here, where you kind of get into the deep causes of why you even want to do this shit. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, and, 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 you know, not only the money you're going to be spending, but your lips from these lip injections, you're going to have to constantly get them. And it looks horrible each time you get them. It just, it looks even worse. Um, it creates that dependency on how you become happy, right? Right. Absolutely. And not get that injection. You feel less of yourself. That's it. Uh, so you just killed somebody with a massive potential maybe because they forget to get their injection or they ran out of money and their entire dependency and self-image and self-confidence is, uh, depended on that and that, that doctor is milking that uh, you know it's just an, oh yeah it's a horrifying thing when you think about it like you like you said the beautiful people inside out are being dependent and i think to me it's same as alcohol dependency uh cigarettes drugs and everything you know trying to and I, I think social media is driving this right when you go through your instagram stories, oh absolutely everyone except for for you is living a perfect life and you're in your room <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever wiped their ass and had shit on it or something. <laughs> it's horrible 
about themselves and they're going to catch up with that level and that level keeps going up, right? Yes. So that, that's causing a massive shift. And that's why I tell people, you're going to feel bad about yourself if you check social media. That's why, Absolutely. like, um, just like dealing with someone with alcohol problem, what, do you, what is the first thing you do? Well, you remove alcohol from home. But 100%. You, you don't want to have a fridge full of alcohol and try to not drink it, right? This is the same thing. Don't eliminate social media maybe altogether. For example, on my Facebook, I have a newsfeed eradicator. So if I go to Facebook, I can't see my newsfeed. I just, my group is there and uh, my community is there. I do it. So if you think that you have a problem with that, you got to eliminate it. As simple as that. Or just start slowly. Like I said, don't check anything until noon. You'll have plenty of time to check and catch up with your 5,000 friends out there, you know? Absolutely. It's so true, man. It is so true. I love that. I like that. I like that mindset. Getting into uh, some app or technology that you like to use. Is there a favorite app or a tool that you use to keep their, uh, help run the business, communicate with teams, etc.? Uh, we use Slack. Like Slack. That's awesome. We use loom.co for video recording. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I use video. I've been using video for a long time. Usually all the tools that we use is very slow to load. Loom is like you click on it, you can record a video, send it. It, it takes like 10 seconds. I love that. That solves a lot of problem and eliminates the need to have constant meetings for anyone who's growing a company. Everyone wants your attention as the owner, right? Everyone wants to have a meeting with me. And if I have meetings with everyone, I can't do anything else. So how do you eliminate it? I'm like, What's your question, Travis? This is my question. I do a two-minute loom, send it over, question to solve, and instead of that replaces the need to have a 30-minute meeting on that thing. So point. So it's such a great point. And also, uh, like you said, because email sometimes feels so less personal, if you want to mm-hmm. call it, that people feel maybe they're not getting the value. They're not getting the, they're not getting the, if you're paying you money and you're not getting back to them, the big boss ain't videoing me, he ain't talking to me, he ain't coming into the shop, then I don't want to pay you the same bucks. And so uh, using just these quick video snippets and things like that are just a great way of building that loyalty, man. I think it's, it's quick and easy. And like you said, just make it make flip time on its head. And, you know, you do five or 10 videos uh, in 30 minutes instead of having five or 10, 30 minute or an hour long meetings where you're just sitting there halfway bullshit and uh, halfway yeah, because meeting. meetings never go as far as they plan. Right? You want to do icebreaker, chit chat, and Absolutely. someone tells their story of what happened. And I'm like, oh, hold on. I got a similar story. Absolutely. And by the time we talk about the topic, 30 minutes went by. Yeah. Then even if your meeting is over, then for me to get back in the zone, it's going to take another 30 minutes. Now I got back in the zone. Some other team members like, oh, Oz, I need you. Yeah. Then your day goes through like this with little to no productivity. And I, I, I got tired of that. Coming from the corporate background, as you know, the corporate there's a meeting for everyone. That's all they want. That's all they want. Meeting is set up, and they, there are multiple meetings before the meeting. Right. And set up with that. We got to prep for the meeting to prep again, and then I want to post view, and then what happened? We didn't do any of that shit in the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Way to waste hundreds of thousands of dollars of time bringing all these people together, 1,700 AEs and all these different people and bosses, and no one did shit. No worries. Let's just do it just to, to validate that we met. Uh, it it amazed me. Like at a sales organization, we would have these meetings. Like they would pull the entire sales. The whole team. thing, yeah. Right. Us too. Together. And the meeting, um, you know, uh, the person who's supposed to be running the meeting would be late for 30 minutes and he would show up. He's like, all right, what are we talking about? Well, we got 15 minutes left. Really? Like, and they would start being there like, guys, it seems like we're not going to have enough time to go through this. Let's meet again next week. And so imagine the amount of money lost because you pulled the entire, right. had them drive 45 minutes to get back into the office. Right. Could we do it on a call or something or just whatever, do a recording and require us to watch it. 
And when I saw inefficiencies, like I'm not, I'm not having this in my business. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the managers and meetings are the things that kill productivity. I swear to God. Uh, well, God bless you, brother. I love your energy and passion for life. I love that since seven years old, you've been serving customers and helping people. And now you're doing it at a bigger, bigger scale. And uh, I always say to my entrepreneurs, uh, the world's full of abundance. We got Mr. Bezos and Elon and people that are able to, you know, the world is literally anything you put in your mind, like Mr. Conor McGregor, who's fighting this weekend, uh, can happen. Uh, the hundred million dollar man. Uh, and, but you, my man, I love what you're doing, serving these customers and anyone that is literally uh, in need and, and, and their business needs capital, et cetera. Um, or you're looking for a transition in your life, please check out my man. Where is the best place for them to learn more about the business uh, so we could send them there? Yeah, the best place is our website, which is businesslendingblueprint.com. We keep everything there. Absolutely. And we'll put that in the show notes, guys, businesslendingblueprint.com. Uh, and, and we'll put that in the show notes so you can quickly, easy uh, click that. My brother, I appreciate your soul and energy. Folks, you've been hanging out with us, Kunar and Travis, Too Tall and Huff. We want to thank you so much for your time today. And let's keep being real. What another epic episode. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode today, can you please do me a favor and subscribe to our podcast, The B-Real Show, on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. And also take a little time today, if you don't mind, and give your boy T-Huff a review. I would really super appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening today. Do you want to get featured on podcast, guys? You can be a guest. And that's right. You have a story and the people, uh, the good folks at I Love Podcasts. That's I-L-U-V podcasts.com. Do that every single day. This is a new company, guys, in the space of podcast agency. And they realize a lot of the people in the, the space are just, it's just a commodity. And it does, they don't care. And these folks care. And I literally love Kenny and the team at I Love Podcasts, and they are doing it right for their customers. So you guys can be a guest on a show, ilovepodcast.com. That's I-L-U-V podcast.com. Let's go.